Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 107 for the week of February 15, 2021. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about Croatia's selection, Melfest, Norway's Melody Grand Prix, and this coming weekend's Super Saturday. How's it going, Ben? Well, I did just look at the calendar and how many things we are going to be potentially watching next weekend and oh boy it's here yeah yeah sorry sorry everybody i I keep forgetting that this podcast can be a monkey's paw at times and i know last week i said (laughs) oh isn't it great that there's no super saturdays this season (laughs) and the finger curled yep yep just slapping me across the face so uh Yeah, before we get into all of that, uh, there's some news to get caught up on. And first up, Husevik got shortlisted at the Oscars. It's happening. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just wearing my Sickos t-shirt outside the window. Anyway, uh... (laughs) staring at the window of the Oscars going, yes. So the way this process works, there were 105 songs in movies this year that were original to the films that they were in. And the music branch of the uh, Academy, they voted on those songs and whittled the field down to 15 different entries. So those 15 songs will go through a second round of voting with the same music branch. And that list will get whittled down to five. And that list will be announced on March 15th with the rest of the Oscar nominees. Uh, then the full Academy will vote on the those five songs, and the winner will be announced at the Oscars, which are currently scheduled for April 25th. I think things are looking good for Husevik. I've, I've read a couple of articles that have it at the top of their list of best songs of the 15 songs still in contention. Anything is possible in this weird, weird year for films. Yes, yes. And yeah, unfortunately, this was the only song from Eurovision movie that got nominated. So no Ya Ya Ding Dong. Uh, although I have to imagine that was one of the 105 songs that were up for consideration. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that was in the mix. Probably Double Trouble as well. But I'm, I'm glad that Husevik is the is the one that made the shortlist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really is a quality song. And more importantly, it has the qualities that the Oscars like in Best Original Songs. True. Good. Good, good luck, Husevek. We're rooting for you. Uh, and then the other uh, major thing re- related to the actual Eurovision Song Contest, the stage is going to be getting redesigned due to um, the contest getting redesigned for this year. <laughs> <laughs> due to the ongoing pandemic. Yeah. Uh, from what I was reading, it, the main part of the stage is probably going to be more or less the same. It's more figuring out what they're going to do about the green room and the area where there would normally be like 2000 people standing and cheering because they're not going to have that this time around, even if there is an audience. So yeah, it's just kind of figuring out how to fill out that space in a way that's going to be like telegenic and make it not seem like they may be playing in an empty arena, especially if the green room is the only audience that is going to be in attendance if they do something like croatia from this past weekend that could feel very fun because like i loved what croatia did where they just had the floor of the arena be the green room Mm -hmm. yeah i i really liked their setup everybody had kind of their own pod going on it also kind of reminded me of uh the way they had the 2012 contest in baku they they had sort of the same sort of green room kind of abutted to the stage there there was a pit area for standing fans uh in the 2012 stage but yeah if they just bring in the pods a little bit tighter 
I think it could work. I'm sure they'll come up with something that that's going to be amazing. And yeah, just please no zoom walls. <laughs> zoom walls. Yeah, that, that was the one thing from like the Croatia that I was just like, can we just not have a zoom wall ever again? I know that we want engagement from the real people that are watching this, but also they're just real dystopian for me. Like they're not adding anything. It's just floating faces like you could do the same thing with cardboard standees and mm-hmm. <laughs> this seems like a good jumping off point to talk about croatia and uh, dora 2021 that was a really good show it was so well done and just like so efficiently produced but not in a way that you notice like it, it just sort of went by so smoothly i think it might be my favorite national final in a while like not just this year but in the last couple of years great to watch and an excellent field of contestants, I thought. Mm-hmm. There were some clear standouts for me, but when the voting started, I was like, I have no clue which way they're going to go. Mm-hmm. The show started uh, with uh, Nina Kralich's entry, and I thought her performance was fantastic. Like She had these pole dancers, and uh, her vocal delivery was so great. Uh, she represented Croatia back in 2016 uh, with Lighthouse, and I thought that song was kind of pitched a little high for her like it was it was kind of an awkward vocal but this one was in a much lower sturdier register and it's like ooh i'm really liking this and it was a great opener to the show and then other viable entries just kept on coming like this was a really well-designed lineup a very solid group of 14 songs i thought Agreed. Even the songs that weren't quite on that level were at least entertaining because like I fully enjoyed Ashley Colburn's entry, Share the Love, admittedly for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Could you <laughs> explain yourself? <laughs> yes. Okay. So when the song started and there was a big map of the world in the back, I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. this is the big earnest number. But then like 20 seconds later, a woman was lowered from the ceiling on a swing. And proceeded to do a very bad job of harmonizing with the male singer. If you had told me that these two people were performing the song together for the first time, I would believe you. Yeah, well, I mean, it it is difficult to harmonize when I don't think he was fully on key, or at least not 100% (laughs) confident in what was going on. Like, yeah, it just felt like an infomercial filled with photos from, like, iStock photo websites. And yeah, it was just... Just eurovision tm i guess (laughs) yes and there was a moment when like they were doing the key change and the big note where like neither of them hit the note they were supposed to hit Mm. and i was in tears from laughing (laughs) but overall like the show was was fantastic and i think that was demonstrated in the scoring as well like after the jury vote it was pretty tight at the top of the scoreboard like there were there were six entries that had a shot at winning the jury was kind of all over the place but in like a good way mm-hmm. and, and what was getting awarded and like by the time we got to the televised like any of these six could take it and be great yeah and when it came to the public vote there were some dark horses that came in like there was the quartet of singers they finished third in the public vote and like it looked like they had a shot at winning for a while so you have like this seventh entry and it's like all right if half the field has a good shot of taking this that's a pretty strong field so you um, have you have you have set things up well yes ultimately it was albina and tiktok that ended up winning 
choose from i'm kind of glad that croatia went with one of the uptempo numbers mm-hmm. i did like nina kralich's performance but when i was watching it as the opener i felt like that one was potentially going to win but it also feels very much like what croatia likes to send mm-hmm. it's like that feels very much in their wheelhouse the quartet also felt very much in croatia's wheelhouse this feels much more uptempo a little bit more fun for them and like with demir's entry last year like they eventually released like a disco remix of it that has a little bit more energy for it mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if if they just sort of to do something a little bit more fun. It also just reminds me of like early 2010s entries like Ukraine would send. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. My takeaway from it was that this performance kind of felt like a good first draft. Like I think that this mm-hmm. song, there are bones there that they can work off of. And I, and I get the sense that they know that there's stuff to work on with this song. Like as it was presented at Dora, it was half in English, half in Croatian. So they kind of need to figure out what they want to do with the language thing. I think they could probably boost up the instrumentation a little bit. Like the vocals are a little too isolated, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, this is based on uh, like there are four versions that are on Spotify right now. And um, <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, it's like they have like the the full English version, like the single version, the Dora version, a Croatian version. And I think the fourth one might be like the karaoke version or something like that. But okay, they've got some options here. And fortunately, they've got some time. Like they've got a month to figure this sort of stuff out. They already know that they, they're going to need to tweak the performance and stuff. Like it, it feels like it's very early in the song's life cycle. Like it's like, all right, yes. we've got this song. We've got our entry for Dora figured out. If we get Eurovision, great. Oh, we're going to Eurovision? All right, well, now we need to go back and have another team meeting, figure out how to improve this for the next stage uh, of Mm -hmm. the competition. Figure out the slider on English versus Croatian, Mm -hmm. which I thought they were pretty close to getting it. I liked liked a little bit of of Croatian in that final chorus. it's, it's, It's a nice twist. Yeah. Like the way that I have it in my notes is it's not a 2020 TM song you know like it, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like it's it's like the trapped in amber thing that uh has been popping up with some of the entries this year where it's just like yeah 2020 we all know what happened let's write a song about it it's like no mm-hmm. like, like this this feels like it can exist out like outside of the darkest timeline you know <laughs> yes yeah like i think that's what drew me to it is is there are a few of them that were that were kind of spotify playlist filler mm-hmm. i did enjoy toma's song and was like very surprised at how much jury love it got mm-hmm. just because it felt very like more so than tiktok it felt a little bit it felt basic that one d- definitely felt much more eurovision e um mm-hmm. in the kind of more negative side of the connotations of of that term but it was a fun performance and uh, you could tell that he was having fun performing it and i, th- I think that yes. is a major selling point i fully agree like that was a major selling point for me like they look like they're having so much fun yeah I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the song is good, but the the performance is fun. It seems like they're having a great time. TikTok. I'm excited to see like what they do with it over the next month because like I agree with you. There are some good bones there, and they have time to kind of tweak it and and make it the best version of itself. Thinking about how last week uh, we were talking about the that we were entering a new TikTok paradigm, and here we are. Yep. 
with yep. the new TikTok paradigm. <laughs> Croatia heard us yes. and assumed that we were talking about a different TikTok. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're getting the job done. That's that's what's important. So, <laughs> yes. In addition to Croatia, we had Sweden continuing the Melfest revamp process. And I have now learned that because we have so many different guest hosts, apparently each week is just going to have a different vibe. Mm-hmm. And this week we were ho- we had uh, Oscar and Aniston Demina. It was a very different vibe from last week, but it was a lot of fun. Very frenetic. I would watch their children's television program. They seem like a great doubles act. Those two both have such different energies, but yeah, this this pairing worked surprisingly well. It really worked. This this week was just like a series of bits because you had like the ongoing interviews with the contestants, mm-hmm. which were very fun and were just like edited like youtube videos and just like had the smash cuts to, to references and i was just missing all of the jokes but everybody seemed to be having a great time then also they were just like driving around and harassing other eurovision performers from the past mm-hmm. yelling at them to sing their song yeah <laughs> and just seeing who who is game and nana Gronval just like walking her dog yeah <laughs> and then uh, of course robin is is willing to like perform i can't go on in the street until with like a car honking at him to get out of the way yeah <laughs> I'm sure they just had to turn the camera on for that to happen. Like, honestly, like... <laughs> he is ready to go at all at all times. Anyways, they were delightful. Uh, Creaser, again, just seems so excited to be on television. Mm-hmm. He had less to do this week, so maybe they need to have him and one other person. I'm wondering if part if they're trying to have this kind of double up as an audition process for like the next few Melfests and their hosts. Because they always try True. to get alumni to be hosts uh, every year. And I guess the pool has yeah, kind it, of run dry a little bit. Like mm-hmm. so, so much of the talent has just moved on to other projects. So this is a great chance to see who can do who can do the comedy bits, who can be a good interviewer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So of this week's seven, going direct to final, we had Dotor, which I did not doubt for a second that she was not going to go through. Sweden has named a woman. Yay! They have named several women this week, uh, remedying last week's dearth. But like, I disagree with the other direct to final pick. They they sent Anton Ewald. I would have said Patrick Jean. I thought that Patrick had better vocals, and then in the reprisal, I was proven correct because Anton Ewald seemed to be having a great time. Got a case of the giggles, which like I've been there. Yeah, I know how that how that goes. But also the problem with that when you're at like a thing like a Melfest is that everybody can just hear that how much of your backing vocals are doing the lifting. And admittedly, mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of choreography during the performance of New Religion, and the choreography is very good. And like. It's very hard to do like all the dance moves and sing at the same time. But also don't give me like the full process of how that sausage is made. Yeah. I mean, especially because previous Melfest acts have also been like they did not have the backing vocals advantage. So like Mm -hmm. did not have the advantage this year. And especially after because like daughter they named as like the first DTF Mm -hmm. qualifier and her vocals were definitely live. And she seemed to be having a great time with that reprisal. And it was just a very stark contrast. Yeah. I was very surprised that Patrick Jean had had, had come in fifth. I, I don't think you were the only one who was surprised. It seemed like uh, Eva Rydberg and Eva Roos were equally surprised. that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was delighted that they're going through to Andre Shonson because so often uh, the older end of the Melfest participants are there kind of just to fill out the roster and then quickly be eliminated in sixth place. Mm-hmm. Their song was fun. I would like to see it performed again. 
Is it going to win Melfest? Absolutely not. Is it delightful? Yes. I kind of wanted to win Melfest just as like a total troll. To... <laughs> yeah. Just like Sweden just deciding we don't want to win this year and just sending something that's fun like that. Yeah. Or... On the other hand, I feel like that would that would backfire and had that has like the same karaoke vibe as your pick for Estonia last week to me. Um, I understand that critique. I don't think it fully fills out that brief but i will say that uh eva reminds me so much of carol burnett and i have a feeling that yes. be, like the energy yes. that is carrying this through but yeah like i i could see this song getting selected as maybe like a way to ask sweden to kind of cool its jets with like the power pop like <laughs> yeah i mean it's just kind of this week really kind of highlighted like what my problems are with melfest just as a process where daughter's song just the way that twitter was reacting to it was so hyperbolic <laughs> that it's yes just like, yes calm down everybody i i i also read the tweets while while croatia was happening so i knew it was going to happen when i watched when i sat down to watch melfest and I was like, it's very good, and it should qualify directly to the final, but also, you guys are kind of going over the top on this. Yeah. And, like, like, I know that we all liked Bulletproof, and Bulletproof was very good. I'm not, like, I'm still figuring out how I feel on this one. I, I feel it's a little overproduced, and I'm not sure if that is backing track or in, in instrumentation, or if it's just, like, what the performance is. And, mm-hmm. like, if it's something that could be maybe scaled back, like, a notch or five that would be awesome <laughs> but yeah because i feel like it starts and it's just at an 11 and it can't keep that energy up yeah yeah and like i just find it lyrically to be rather trite i think part of it mm-hmm. is like just the word tot absent of the word tater is just not for me so <laughs> not for you. um let's see so elsewhere in heat two frida green is the other andra shanson finalist mm-hmm. uh, which i liked her song and she has anna bergendahl writing that and like mm-hmm. it definitely sounded like an Anna Bergendahl written song but it was also very lovely but I feel like there there were rumblings on this about Twitter about there being some some sort of P4 Nasta curse Julia one of this week's entrants came in last and she was the P4 Nasta entrant and I remember a couple years ago the lovers of Valdaro were the P4 Nasta entrant and they also came in seventh in their heat mm. so I'm just wondering is that a trend and should I be paying attention to it her song was fine, but it also felt like the kind of song the car commercial commissions when Lord has said no to laying the Muse Royals. Mm. Is they're just like, fine, we'll write our own. Yeah, I thought the performance was just kind of lacking something. It might have just been like lacking people on the stage, or yes. yeah, like it, it felt very isolated. There have been a number of those this year where it's, where it's been just one person on stage where it's just like, this needs a couple of people behind you. Yeah. Which, I mean, given the circumstances, we should probably be a little bit more forgiving of that. Yes. But yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like, I, I, like I'm immediately reminded of that every time that I say something like that. Yeah. This week is Heat 3 of Melfest. And in the mix, we have Charlotte Pirelli, who is most well known for singing Take Me to Your Heaven and winning Eurovision 1999. Uh, she won Melfest 2008, and she last competed in Melfest in 2012, where she did not qualify. Mm. Maybe expect some schlager. We haven't, had, we haven't had much of that yet. This we haven't season, had much so, schlager yeah. this year. We've also got Emil Osergaard, who was nominated for Best Male Live Performer in 2019. He lost that award to Benjamin Ingrosso. Ingrosso? No. <laughs> Ingrosso, yeah. Clara Hammerstrom, a competitive equestrian featured on the show Familien Hammerstrom. I'm assuming that's like a Chrisley knows best, but about an equestrian family. She's an equestrian. I think her siblings 
play other sports, but yeah, it's just about a family juggling three elite athletes. Uh, yeah, you can watch it on uh, SVT. It's it's not uh, geo blocked. I may have watched like fifteen minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, I'm like you know a lot about this program. <laughs> and she has worked with Mahombi, Mustache, a heavy metal band. I wonder if their song is called Twin Twin. Uh, Elisa whose band Lolly competed in 2005 Melfest, where they placed sixth, and who competed solo in 2014, where she did not qualify. Alvaro Estrella, who performed last year with Mendez, uh, and also competed in 2014, where he did not qualify. So another another round for him. And then Tuse, who won Swedish Idol 2019. Yeah, so it seems like a good competitive mix of newbies and veterans it should be a pretty good show among mm-hmm. all of the shows that will be happening on saturday we will get into that yes uh, <laughs> the other show that happened this past saturday was uh norway's melody grand prix it was the fifth and final regulation heat uh, of the competition four more songs uh competing for a slot in saturday's final the first round was uh tuvea versus river yeah, so if you try to watch on Saturday, uh, my understanding is the stream just crapped out uh, on folks. Uh, oh, this was the first heat where like I did try to watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't watch it live. Well, I didn't. I haven't watched it live for a few weeks. Uh, I did attempt to watch it on Saturday, and the the app would not let me. Hmm. I ended up watching it uh, Sunday morning and uh, was not expecting what happened during Tuvea's performance. Uh- <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I watched all the performances this morning. It was just like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. Uh, Tuvea, they are the trio of brothers who are farmers slash rappers. And yeah, they went full france romania in <laughs> their staging like i was thinking like oh this is reminding me of yodel it this is reminding me of that entry in france's selection a couple of years ago where it was all in the storybook staging and yeah like they just had this whole barnyard set up with everybody on trampolines it was wild uh <laughs> yes yes um i'm so glad that you looked up that they were brothers because i just assumed that they were three identical people with the same haircut well yeah i mean it's norway so <laughs> yeah, yes i feel like this performance and twosome's performance exist in the same college talent show that i am very mad that i took time out of my friday to attend oh <laughs> i did find the performance just delightful it really kind of reminded me of the aesthetic of like the fisher price farmhouse set yes and yeah and there were just the animations of all of the animals jumping around and i would suggest that you seek out this performance if you have not watched it's worth a watch yes Uh, (laughs) should it have qualified absolutely not (laughs) no should have gone through no is it worth watching yes yeah they're in john deere tractor colored suits it's Mm -hmm. great yeah yeah so uh yeah and then uh river yeah the performance was fine it's kind of like your standard eurovision country ballad pop song uh you, using the same floor graphics as uh calm after the storm it was fine it was fine let's see second round was uh and finn i don't know that wasn't really in my wheelhouse i don't know if you had nor to... mine yeah uh and then i uh, 
Oh, God. The, the beauty of getting to, to watch these after the fact is that I can realize that something is not for me, me about a minute in and move on to the next thing. And unfortunately, that's what I did with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it didn't didn't really have much stickiness to it. So she faced off against America, who seems to be a potential spoiler in the overall field, judging by like, Twitter's reaction when they were finally able to watch the show. I watched that one. I was I was very impressed. And admittedly, over the weeks, my the bar for what I want from Norway has gotten lower and lower. Mm-hmm. I thought that the simplicity of the performance was very powerful, and I thought the song itself was was the best of the four this week. I agree. And so did Norway. So River won the first duel, America won the second duel, and America ended up winning the heat overall. So she will be in Saturday's final. The last performance was uh, from Rain Alexander, who has the last fast pass to the final and his song eyes wide open yeah ben what were your thoughts on this one if this was his audition to get to record the next bond theme he did a very good job yeah Yeah, i in my notes i have uh, feeling good as done by shirley bassey for the next bond movie if Billie eilish somehow ends up getting canceled between now and when the next bond movie comes out i feel like it may just need ralph siegel involved somehow and then you get eurovision yahtzee just bingo yeah I don't think it was as much fun as his entry last year, but no. uh, yeah, but I did get the sense that this was a make good for all of the shenanigans last year, uh, particularly in the clips package that they showed. And uh, one of his Chirons was just like disappointed artist. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that they brought him back. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I did want like another fun Viking number. It turns out. Yeah. Yeah. He got it like his haircut's really nice and like the package uh, before his performance, he's had a lot of different looks I, I did not realize he was uh so so versatile as a performer so uh good on him for that so yeah we are recording this on sunday so we don't know how the second chance round has played out so one of the 15 previous entrants that have not qualified has advanced has earned a ticket yes and they they will be there on saturday and good luck to them whoever that ends <laughs> and up we are being. so excited for it yes so. go team yeah and yeah and then in the final there will be 12 songs competing there'll be the six fast passes the five winners from the heats and whoever uh won on monday then norway will make their selection and we will be done with norway's process that's kind of my takeaway at this point so. yeah, yeah just like <laughs> norway will have chosen something and i will not have to watch watch someone fish through a bowl that has only four scraps of paper in it Mm -hmm. for a few weeks good luck everybody looking forward to this week and this coming weekend the czech republic is dropping their entry omaga as this episode drops uh song titles are just falling out everywhere uh north macedonia will be performing here i stand moldova will potentially be performing a song called sugar it's the sort of thing where we're just hungry for so much news right now that we're looking at everybody's Instagrams and anything that gets put in quotation marks, we're just assuming is a song title. Mm-hmm. Natalia Gordienko is putting the word sugar in quotation marks a lot. So perhaps that is her song title. Yeah. We will see. Yeah. Uh, I did an audit uh, earlier today. Just be like, how is the calendar shaking out? Cause we've only got like three, four weeks before all this stuff is due. And there are 20 entries out there where we really have no information in terms of dates song titles nothing so uh get hype for the ides of march everybody uh <laughs> mm-hmm. i will just like randomly have thought of like oh we haven't heard anything from malta recently mm-hmm. 
That could just happen at some point. Yeah, Malta, Armenia, Georgia. Um, I, I assume you're still coming to play. Like, <laughs> oh, right, Georgia. <laughs> Please, right? We miss you. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> oh, but Bulgaria is getting the machine going. Uh, Victoria uh, is dropping her tracks from A Little Dramatic on YouTube. Uh, she dropped the first one on Sunday. And yeah, the songs will be dropping one each day. Uh, there'll be five total. Uh, and that'll be in addition to Ugly Cry, which she dropped uh, last fall. And yeah, once all six of those songs are out, the Bulgarian delegation will be launching some platform to get feedback on the various entries. So yeah, you can offer your opinions on the various songs and help them choose what will be her entry at Eurovision. Just seeing the phrase, a platform will be launched for feedback. Do they mean the YouTube comment section? It could be that. Yeah, it sounded like they were doing like their own separate thing. But yeah, I mean, probably Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, smoke signals. A 10 minute survey monkey survey. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) and we'll have a link to the playlist. They're updating their YouTube playlist uh, as each song drops. So that'll be in our show notes. Estonia's semifinals are coming. They're finally here. They are happening Thursday and Saturday, which we have talked about those. It's a stacked field. Mm -hmm. The jury will be the only audience present. And if a contestant can't perform, the music video will be used in place of their performance. That should be a fun show. I'm really looking forward to Thursday in particular. And I think I think Saturday is also going to be a hoot. So (laughs) agreed. Also happening on Saturday, we've got Finland's UMK. Uh, There are seven songs that are up for consideration. Uh, They will be performed live. Uh, This year, they have feeds on the Wiley website, uh, not just in Finnish, but also Swedish, Russian, and English. So yeah, that'll be a great way to watch the shows. And uh, we've gone through the playlist. And Ben, what is catching your ear from Finland? What surprised me going through this field is how different these songs are from one another. Mm -hmm. Finland has a lot of moods to choose from, and yet the one that, that jumped out at me is Axel's song. I have been rooting for Axel on this show for uh, quite a bit, and I like the song... I feel like Axel has a particular lane and he's doing a very mm-hmm. good job in that lane. He's sticking in his lane. And it's, a, yeah, like, again, the song feels, I, I think I like this song more than I liked last year's song. Yeah. My only concern is that I'm not sure this is the right year for that particular lane. That is also true, is that it is in that same sort of wistful. Last year's song took on an, an unusual resonance after the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe this isn't the year for something in that continued vibe. But, like, I thought that his vocals are very nice. The structure of the song, like, it has, like, a nice build to it. Mm -hmm. He's picking his songs well. I was looking at what the favorites are, according to the bookies, and, like, just had, like, a real bad allergic reaction to most of them. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, Yeah. What what have they been saying? Current favorites of the bookies are Blind Channel, Uh uh, and then followed by Teflon Brothers and Pandora. What? (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um. <laughs> followed by Teflon Brothers and Pandora, followed by Axel. Wow. Okay. Yes. All right. So the Blind Channel one, Dark Side. Like, I understand why people I understand. Yeah, I, are responding yeah, to that I, song. I. It is so not for me. 
Park once in the early 2000s and that was enough thank you uh, yeah I, I could see that one winning umk i think it's going to have a tough time at eurovision but that that is a discussion for later on uh if and when yeah, oh yeah happens. no I, I think that one would str- i think that one would have a tough time yeah uh but wow the the, the pandora one that that just shocks me because it's that one nothing of a song it- Oh, oh yeah, no, like I I get like why we kind of like it it's got kind of a goofy vibe to it, but also it's just like the thinnest of lyrics. Oh, man. It is mostly just the words I love you. Like that, oof, wow. Like, <laughs> I am offended. Now, the the one that has really caught my ear is Lie. And I know that I can't say I'm sorry For all the wasted love and the broken trust that we left behind So we talk about the weather, we talk about our friends We talk about anything but what we're thinking so you ask me how I'm feeling, and I lie. I'm kind of surprised that that one is my pick, especially because I don't think it would do well at Eurovision either. <laughs> like, it's a solidly built song, but mm-hmm. it just seems like it's the type of song that just does not get any sort of traction at Eurovision. And I don't know if it's just because it it seems like it's very cishet white guy kvetching. I don't know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I like the sound of it, and it, it feels the most radio-friendly of all seven entries although I, I i would include axel's entry on the radio friendly side but oh i'm sorry i'm I'm still reeling from the whole uh oh yeah no no, no that's thing. that's completely yeah. fine yeah <laughs> but, but no just like thinking about the finish field as a whole like i feel like none of these seven songs feel like yes this is the winner of eurovision to me also happening on saturday is spain's national final they've got two songs for uh, blas canto voting is open now uh, if you've not cast your vote yet uh, if you go to the rtve website ben did you get a chance to listen to either of these tracks i have not i'm gonna be surprised with what spain picks what are your thoughts it's kind of the same issue with Axel, where it's just like, I think Blas Canto has a specific lane, and he does well in that lane, but I don't think that lane is the lane for Eurovision 2021. Both songs feel kind of similar. Like, they seem like recent Spanish entries, I'll put it that way, just in the, like on the ballot front. Like, I'm kind of getting 2018 vibes, which... Spain's gonna Spain. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think uh, Voya Kadame is... The better choice, uh, Memoria sounds like it would be better if it were a boy band performing it, just because there are are a lot of different vocal components that coming from one person, it's a little whiplash-y. And yeah, I mean, I think either one is going to be fine, fine, not great, like 
I don't know, it's kind of Spain's MO at this point. So mm-hmm. it could be a fun show. They're doing like a whole special for it and getting a lot of uh, other guest performers on the show, including some uh, Eurovision alumni. I was looking at that, like they, they had said that they were going to be doing like a two hour show. I'm like, they have two songs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be performances, keeping the voting open a little bit longer uh, for people who are experiencing the songs for the first time and then guest performances and then the results. So It'll be a fine way to close out the afternoon unless you uh, switch over to Portugal where they are having the first semifinal for the Festival de Canção. They've uh, bumped up the field a little bit. Uh, to, it's going to be 20 songs overall, 10 this week, 10 next week. What songs jumped out to you uh, from Portugal? This, I feel like this slots in nicely with, with Spain and Finland in that Portugal is staying in their lane mm-hmm. this year, or at least I feel like Portugal has a lane that they like to stay in. And it is not necessarily one that overlaps with my personal taste. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that they that they make Festival de Cansao about their traditional music and playing in influences from like Fado, from all the other things that are going in there. But there's a lot of same stuff in this first lineup. Yeah, when I was going through and making my picks earlier today, I was just thinking, oh, I have no idea which one Ben is going to pick because none of these are screaming Ben. So... Nope, nope. <laughs> The one that jumped out to me is the one that feels like it is taking the influences that a lot of their field is and is taking them in what feels like more of a indie rock direction to mm-hmm. me. So I picked Miguel Morocco's Girasol. If I had to take a guess, that probably would have been what I would have guessed for you. And I, th- this this was also on my short list. It has just a sense of energy to it that some of the other ones do not. It had kind of like more of a guitar-driven vibe. Like, um, well, they're all kind of guitar-driven, mm-hmm. but sort of a different production style, almost like a 90s, 2000s indie rock filter thrown on top of the fado and the jazz. Yeah, I also got a little bit of a 60s vibe to it. That would make sense. I do I do like a 60s influence in my music. Yeah, yeah, but it, it definitely was the most straightforward of the 10 entries here. And it's weird because I, th- I felt like last year's field, there was a lot more like diversity in genre and diversity in presentation and yes yeah this one it really does seem like they were they're going back into like portugal being portugal which is fine like i i am a huge fan of it so like i mm-hmm. I, I will take it every day but i i can understand how you you might have difficulty finding something to latch on to um if, if this yeah because i remember watching last year's final and, and i enjoyed myself but i was also like Portugal marks just to the beat of a different drummer, and I respect that immensely, but I need a different drum beat. Yeah, Miguel's entry was on my shortlist. Uh, I also really liked uh, Irma's Livros, but I think the one that I'm most rooting for is Sarah Afonso's Contramal. Se a estrada acabar, andar, e mudo de this one just feels very much in my wheelhouse of lovely, dream-like, slow build, up 
like optimism there's a lot of optimism in in the vocals of this track which i'm really responding to i think more so this year than in previous years and i think this is going to be one that's going to sound really just lovely live and Mm -hmm. and like i think back to when salvador won in 2017 and my immediate reaction to that one was just like ah that's just a lovely performance like not even thinking oh yeah this will go on to win eurovision just being ah this is just a nice breath of fresh air coming out of portugal and it would be great to have that again this year Mm -hmm. and what i do like about this field is i don't think there were any songs that like jumped out as being like uh, like there would be disappointment if they advanced it is just a very chill vibe, which, given how crazy Saturday is going to be in terms of the amount of content, having a chill vibe to end on is going to be nice. <laughs> there is definitely an airiness to Sarah Afonso's mm-hmm. song. Yeah, so Saturday is going to be really packed. We've got Estonia, Finland, Spain, Portugal, Sweden, Norway. Why do I feel like I'm forgetting something? <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure well, there's gonna I mean, be like we... seven other songs that are just gonna drop me like hey guys uh, <laughs> that feeling is that there are 20 songs that we have that could just drop at any moment yeah yeah they're just waiting to pounce don't do it on saturday though come on <laughs> yeah come on they could see wait there are how many songs dropping on march 13th Oof. and and decide to move things up keep an eye on the calendar folks we've uh it, it's it's gonna get crazy in these last few weeks uh, of selection season that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on the podcast app of your choice. When you subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and help other Eurovision fans find us. Show notes are in the description of this episode or on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at EuroWhat on Twitter. Or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision.